passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. Uh, lots to talk about. I'm sure by now everyone has, has heard the news, but the Big Ten is officially returning to football this fall, uh, the season as as being announced, some of these details are still trickling out, but um, but we're seeing eight game schedule, and then there's a proposed. I don't think this is officially confirmed, but a ninth uh, crossover or plus one game. So there obviously will be the Big Ten championship, but the runner up in each division will face each other. The third best team in each division will face each other. So every Big Ten team is going to get nine games this season. It will run from October 24th. Uh, to December 12th. So not a lot of leeway in terms of bye weeks or if they have to postpone anything, but but the Big Ten released its testing protocols. Lots to, lots to digest. Uh, so what we'll do for this podcast is we'll do five kind of reactionary questions. The first things that come to our mind and our initial thoughts, uh, most of them will be Michigan related. There might be a little bit of Big Ten stuff overall, but Steve, we can jump into the first question and that is, uh, is this, well, I guess we have overall thoughts, but, but in terms of it's a short, shortened season, eight-game regular season with one, now a plus one game, and then, and then the bowl game, uh, is this a satisfactory resolution? So I know when, it, when this initially happened, the postponement really happened, there was talk about a spring season, talk about a winter season, uh, it sounds like this is all going to be on campuses. I'm very curious to see how that goes for schools like Michigan and Michigan State and Minnesota that are that are further north. Uh, but but your thoughts on on this solution versus because we're not going to look back on on you know what could have been this solution versus maybe the other options that were being floated about, uh, and then and then kind of in that vein, is this a worthwhile season? For, for players. Now we'll talk about player decisions in a moment, but in terms of, uh, you know, there, it doesn't seem like this would impact the 2021 season in any way. And they are going to get some games in, but your thoughts on not the legitimacy of the season, it's still a season, but the um, correctness of this solution from a getting a full season in. I think legitimacy is a fair word to use in this situation, I suppose, just because I think the biggest question was or is, you know, will the Big Ten get a chance at, at being in the playoff, right? I mean, I think that would kind of be the ultimate determinant as far as is this, a you know, I think it's worthwhile either way. I think it's worthwhile most importantly for the players 
uh, who at least they get, they get a, they get a chance to do it. Right. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I think that the players have been uh, clamoring for just an opportunity to do this and, you know, we'll see how it, how it all plays out. Uh, but I think just, just getting this to square one here or kind of back to square one and, and getting a season, you know, schedule put together and, and a season on the horizon, I think makes it uh, worthwhile for sure. Uh, I think the legitimacy of it will come from whether or not the big 10, you know, I don't want to say gets a fair shake at the playoff, but kind of, uh, you know, it sounds like they're going to, I think there was a report. Was it Heather Dinich? I'd mentioned that the Big Ten is expected to get a good look at the playoff, which you think about it. I mean, really, if they play eight full games, possible what the nine is the crossover includes a championship game, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you get nine in season games or all conference games. You kind of look at a full schedule in a in a normal season, and there might, and it's not even always a guarantee, there might be one strong non conference game that most power five teams play. Oh, in terms of their playoff resume. Yeah. You know what I, so like yeah. to play eight conference games, eight conference only games, and then a crossover game against whoever, you know, whoever uh, is the equal in your division. So, I mean, you, you could see a situation where Michigan, if they were to win out or, or come, you know, play Wisconsin twice, that's two, you know what it's like? So I think there's an opportunity for the resume there. And that, to me, that would sort of, fully legitimize it because yeah if they if they're not eligible for the playoff at the end of the day whether it's Ohio State Michigan whoever you know then I think you kind of look at it not so much as an exhibition but it's always going to be an asterisk season at that point so I think that's kind of the next next step or or the the final step provided everything plays out yeah yeah I I I was curious about this because I have had some people reach out to me and ask like will this be an asterisk season or, or someone even asked like, what's the point now? That's maybe a discussion, uh, a different kind of discussion, but I think you're right. You play nine power five teams. A lot of teams that make the playoffs don't even play that many here. They, or they play eight or nine. And so it's uh, to me, I think it's a full season. Now, obviously the records are going to look a little worse across the board because Teams aren't scheduling a couple slam dunk non-conference games. But if you look at Michigan's season this year, it was going to be uh, initially at the, you know, before any of this, it was going to be a road game at Washington and then nine big 10 games. Well, and and then Arkansas state and, and ball state, I think. Yep. And so um, this isn't that different. Now there's fewer games, so there will be fewer wins. Presumably, there might even be uh, one or two less losses as well. We'll see how the schedule shakes out. But yeah, to me, I thought an eight-game Big Ten season was probably fair. And I think a nine-game helps improve uh, the the value of the season. I'm sure there'll be coaches around the country, and we can probably guess which ones, that will say something along the lines of, well, the Big Ten's playing fewer games. You know, we're playing 11 games or 10 games. You know, we have a tougher road to it. But, but at the same time, I think, I think college football, the playoff selection committee, I think they'd have a really hard time if there was a one-loss Big Ten team, championship team. Sure. I think they'd have a really hard time saying, no, they don't deserve to go to the playoff because they played 
one or two fewer games. I, I it's going to be an interesting year. I think I think we're all kind of resigned that there's probably going to be some frustration somewhere in regards to the season. But but yeah, if there's a if there's an eight and one Big Ten champion, I I think I think I I'd have a hard time saying they couldn't be invited in. Uh, right. I mean, provided well. provided. I don't know other four other and again you got to remember the Pac-12 isn't a factor right now either, right? So that that does, you know, I think the the ones that you're going to see that are angry are like these fringe contender like SEC ACC schools that are thinking, oh, you know, this could be Notre Dame's, the Georgias, yeah, yep, yeah, we yep. can we can we can name names here, yeah, um, <laughs> or or you know if if oh, I think the the big issue will be if Oklahoma goes. They only have one loss, and Ohio State wins and only has one loss. That might be maybe where there's uh, intrigue, but but at the same time, it's I I don't think it'll be different just because the Big Ten plays one. Because again, it's still nine Power Five opponents. Right. You know, the all the SEC teams that have Arkansas on their schedule have a pretty much the identical schedule. No disagreement. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think I think it's a it's a it's still a valuable season. I think it's a legitimate season as far as the timeline. Uh, this is probably the best case scenario for for these Big Ten teams that are hoping. Well, best case under the new circumstances in terms of they already made the decision uh, because I think this will keep a few players on board, and that's kind of our next question. We don't want to speculate a ton, but we can kind of speak vaguely and the players who have actually met with reporters I can speak to what they said but I think a fall season is better than a winter season and better than a spring season in terms of potential draft picks playing I think that's that's pretty makes a lot of sense you know I, I think uh, Quiddy Pay is someone who talked about initially he was like I don't know if I do a spring season because you know you have Maybe the combine's more valuable to me, or maybe, um, you know, I don't want to play. You know, if you if you play a sixteen game NFL season and an eight game spring season, that's twenty four games in one year, not counting the potential for playoffs and things like that. So, I think a fall season's much more appeasable to a potential NFL draft pick. In, in that, yeah, I mean, this really doesn't change. They they start later. But it, they don't end the season later, so I think that's significant. Um, you know, I know from talking to these players at at the protests and in, in press conferences, uh, would think this increases. I'm not going to ever speak in absolutes. Increases the odds of Aiden Hutchinson, Carlo Kemp, and Quiddy Pay kind of joining together for one more one more run together. Uh, I mean, Camber Grown basically tweeted that he's playing about five, 10 minutes ago. Um, you know, as far as I know, we get asked a lot about Jalen Mayfield, Ambry Thomas. I would, I would kind of, I would not get your hopes up for that. Uh, just because the semester has started, they do have to be enrolled in school to, to, right. um, to play in the season. And then, and then we don't know officially, but my understanding is that, probably didn't declare to go pro and then not sign with an agent. My, my hunch is that they did. And so there would have to be some sort of NCAA loophole where if they didn't one, if they took benefits just by the 
by the rules of the NCAA, then they are professional athletes and no longer eligible for the NCAA. But then if they didn't take benefits, there'd probably be have to have to be some loophole or some, some legal fight. So my guess, again, you know, not going to say anything is a done deal, but my guess is that those two are just are gone. I'm trying to think. Yeah. You got, I mean, Nico Collins. um, Yeah. Yeah. Not sure. Right. So not for sure. Sure. Yet. But um, here's the thing. I was like, I was wondering like, why does the agent like, this is such an extenuating circumstance. You don't, I mean, I guess you can't unsign a, an agent contract, I suppose. I just, it's like, you know, cause this looked like spring at best, you know, two or three weeks ago, you can't blame guys like Thomas and Mayfield for taking the action that they took. You know, it's just like, you you think they'd, there'd be some kind of loophole. I mean, you're already seeing Pat Fryermuth at Penn state who had said he was opting out at his Based on a couple of tweets I saw, uh, looks like he's opting back in. Which again, he there probably may not have been an agent involved there yet, right? But, but still, it's like, you know, I just if if Jalen Mayfield and I'm not saying these guys are going to come back. I don't expect either of them to. But if they, you know, if they really did want to, you'd think they'd work out some kind of way for these guys to come back and play again. But like I said, might not might be all for naught. I just uh, just something I, you know, it's like I understand the agent rule, but this is like a totally totally different situation than what you know, the normal, uh, what a normal declaration slash agent signing would be. So, um, but yeah, I mean, either way, I think fans got to get prep themselves for the fact that they'll probably be without a few of the top guys that we expected them to have on the field this year. Yeah. Yeah. And Collins, you know, not to be overly cryptic or anything, but he, he is the most proven draft prospect that Michigan has, you know, it, there's a lot of positive buzz about quitty pay but a lot of that is predicated on, hey, he's got a crazy good shuttle time. He's got a crazy good three-cone drill. If he does that at the combine, then yeah, he'd be a first-round pick. Well, if, if he doesn't do that, then they're kind of looking – I think they want to see more scouts, being they want to see more on the field. So he actually, despite being getting some praise in some mock drafts, I think he has a little bit more to prove than Nico Collins. Now, not to say Collins wouldn't benefit from a season – but you, there's so many factors at play, um, so we'll have to we'll have to see. There might be a decision announced or confirmed by the time Michigan or by the time this podcast runs. But uh, as far as other opt outs, I mean, it's it's hard to tell. But you're seeing it all around the country. I, I'd be, you know, I know uh, Christian Turner has opted out of the season. Uh, you know, I'm I'm guessing he won't be the only one, and I and I don't mean that to. I, it just that's just how all teams have been um you know this this affects different families in different ways this affects different players in different ways um so nothing to speculate on there just as you kind of said Michigan fans should be prepared for some opt-outs so the third question I had and and Steve if you have a different question we can talk about that next but the third question I had was can the Big Ten pull this off? Because I think I think a lot of you know once once it was announced, everyone just kind of was like, "All right, cool, <laughs> like let's let's run it," you know. And and but but there is actually a lot of a lot has changed. Uh, you know, the Big Ten announced uh, you know they're going to do daily antigen testing starting September thirtieth, 
And then if you test positive for an antigen test, because they aren't 100% accurate, uh, but if you test positive, then you will take a uh, the, the tr more traditional PCR test to confirm. And so that's one step. I think their myocarditis um, solutions, I think we're pretty comprehensive. Now, if you test positive, you cannot return to competition. You can practice, but you can't play in a game for 21 days. That's something to keep in mind. And that is in part due to uh, they want to continue to evaluate this myocarditis situation because you know, I know Chris Hutchinson has been outspoken about this, saying the vast, vast, vast majority of myocarditis situations are one, temporary, and two, um, either benign or, or even asymptomatic in some cases. So I'm not a doctor, but that's, that's, what, that's what Chris Hutchinson and other doctors have said. And so that's the, you know, those are two steps that really helped the Big Ten pull this off. And then the other thing that I thought was interesting was uh, playing games is going to be determined on positivity rates for the team, either 0 to 2% for the green zone, 2 to 5% for the orange zone, and then over 5% for the, for the red zone. And then for the population, which I assume would be the county, it could be the city, um, but the same kind of green, orange, red label. And if you're green, green, or green, orange, you can continue to play. If you're orange, orange, you have to um, slow, you have to monitor and do some stuff to keep an eye on things. And then if you're red, red, then you can't play. And so I, I floated this by a couple of epidemiologists. They, they like the population component because um, if a city's really struggling with COVID then, and, and then a player happens to get it, then that might be a bigger issue than if a city is doing fine with COVID, doesn't have hospitalizations, doesn't have outbreaks, and they can maybe use more resources to treat it. So anyway, lots of, lots of medical talk. But in terms of we've already seen over a dozen college football games have been postponed. The Big Ten, as we have seen, is not leaving room for postponed games. A postponed game under this nine games in nine-week schedule uh, basically is saying a postponement is a cancellation. And so, Steve, I don't know if, if this is an opinion thing rather than just, just kind of reviewing what the Big Ten released, um, but is this, is this feasible? I, I'm inclined to think it is mostly feasible because the daily testing does help with contact tracing. It should limit, out, it should limit a positive case turning into an outbreak on the team. A lot of these cancellations are due or postponements have been due to contact tracing more so than high positive tests. Uh, but your thoughts on, on kind of what the Big Ten released and the feasibility of this season occurring. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Well, I think the rapid testing was really the, the key to this. Right. Even being a possibility, right? So I, I think with that, yeah, I think if as long as that process is available and is working properly, then I definitely think it's feasible. I mean, because they're already, like you said, Michigan is in particular, you know, the only school we cover, uh, they've done a great job throughout this entire process. So to get ex- expedited testing with the process that they've already had in place since what, June? That's been really, again, highly successful. Like, I think you've posted consistently much lower than the national rate and lower than the Washtenaw County rate, correct? Yeah, probably similar to the Washtenaw County rate, but that is in itself much lower right. than the national rate. Yeah, Right. So, um, so yeah, I, I definitely think it's feasible. And I the, the other thing, too, I think what you'll see or what you'd hope to see is sort of a reinvigorated motivation, you know, on behalf hmm. of the players and coaches across the conference as far as like, hey, you know what, we got this opportunity now. Let's do whatever we can to make sure that we get that we can get this done and can, can play a full, full, full football season. I mean, this is what we yeah. wanted, been waiting for. So, yeah, I definitely think it's feasible. Not a guarantee, right? But I do think the Big Ten, you know, props to the way that – like because I liked the way they laid it out. You, I know you mentioned the, the colors. I thought, it was a, you know, I thought it was as good a breakdown as far as what they publicly released today for people to get an understanding of, you know, the, here's how we're going to approach it, you know, very black and white scale as far as what will be allowed or what's what's going to happen, what will be allowed and what won't be allowed, you know. And so I think, you know, we'll know if if things go awry, you know, it'll be pretty – it'll become pretty clear pretty fast why, who, where, you know. So mm-hmm. so I think, yeah, I think it's definitely feasible. It's, I think more feasible than – I guess their release made it feel more feasible than maybe you'd think just by saying they're going to be back in October. Yeah. Oh, right? I, I definitely agree. And then one thing I, I, you just mentioned it, but I do give the big 10 credit for having objective limits to when things have to be canceled. I, I understand that, you know, this isn't meant to be, I guess that opinionated, but, but something I do like that there is a, okay, if it's at this level, then they have to postpone things. It's not kind of a vague, situation and as you pointed out it's not like one campus will end the whole conference's season or one team outbreak will end the whole it's just that one team and so yeah i think i i tend to agree i think this this seems doable um again most of the college football postponements or cancellations so far have been kind of well the entire offensive line is in contact tracing you know, sitting out due to contact tracing. And so you would think now we'll have to see 
but you would think with the daily testing starting September 30th, they'll have a better sense of they don't have to sit everybody out. They can just sit the people who tested positive. Um, and I, I think you're right. I think, I think players will kind of take this seriously. I think Michigan, it seems like it's been pretty serious. I've, I've done weekly updates all summer. My understanding is Michigan has been green, green, both for the co- county and for the team uh, the entire time. So I I wouldn't think it's a concern for Michigan, but in terms of other schools, we'll have to see. We'll have to see the uh, 7.5% for a red outbreak in in your county. Uh, That means that I think there are some college towns in the Big Ten that have higher than that right now. Iowa City, I believe, is one. So that's something that that these schools and and these towns are going to have to, you know, we'll see how things look in, in six weeks. Now, that is one thing is, um, you know, this isn't, this isn't tomorrow. So a lot of this will depend on how things continue to develop. Uh, let's get back to a Michigan football related question. And, and there's a lot of nuance to this, but the, but the overall question is, does Michigan benefit ultimately from this delay? And I think, I think I'm going to make the case that they do. I think between the quarterback battle having more time to to take place and the coaches being able to dig into that more the offensive line another concern entering fall camp uh, i think they ha- now they lost jalen mayfield but they had more time to gel and develop and kind of sort out their starters here and there and then i think some of the some of the other younger players especially on the defensive side of the ball replacing i believe six nfl draft picks uh, i think I think this was compared to other teams. Now, maybe not like a Michigan State, but compared to teams that were perhaps a bit more ready to go, so to speak, I think Michigan benefits. Now, the opt-outs certainly don't help Michigan. But you have to remember, Penn State lost uh, Micah Parsons to an opt-out. Purdue, a team that we kind of saw as a trap game potential, uh, lost Rondell Moore. Minnesota lost Rashad Bateman. Well, I, I'd have to go through the full list to, to talk about every opt-out, but um, I, I think that extra month and the fact that Michigan continued to practice regularly, I don't know if every school did, but I know Michigan did. I think this ultimately, in terms of their odds of winning the Big Ten title, I think they slightly increase from having more time. But, but there is an argument against it, especially – um, with how significant Ambry Thomas's departure is, and then uh, Jalen Mayfield, and, and potentially Nico Collins as well, um, and and there might be more opt outs as well. We're not we're not saying it's just going to be those three. But Steve, relative, let's let's focus on odds of winning the Big Ten title. Do they increase or decrease with a season that is now starting six weeks later than initially scheduled? Probably a slight increase, but probably incremental mm-hmm. just, just just saw a tweet come across that uh Wyatt Davis Ohio State offensive lineman projected first round pick called the Ohio State AD during the Big Ten conference zoom call meaning <laughs> he might re-opt in which I gotta be honest I just there's something it just to me is just makes no sense for these guys who are bona fide projected first round picks um, yeah, he would have been a in, top 15 pick last year. I mean, between he and Fields, I, 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 nobody else thinks that's just odd. 
Uh, it's like you have players who aren't even close to guaranteed first round picks, guys that are probably second and third round picks opting out. You have two of the top 12, 10, 12 prospects in next year's draft that are staying in. Just, uh, just something so odd about that well, to me. Um, real quick, I mean, we've seen this with the players skipping the bowl game too. Do you think Ohio State's relatively high odds of making the playoff and contending for national title? Uh, yes, that's that's probably the best, you know, the the best explanation, but you know, it's not even again, we're we're speculating that the Big 10 will be a factor in the in the playoff. And again, I I think that's I think that's how it'll play out, but we don't really know that for sure. Um I just that's uh, just odd, I guess. I don't know. I mean, but again, I mean, I'm, I shouldn't be just pointing the finger at Ohio State because there are a lot of talented players across the. Well, like I said, Fryermuth probably going to opt back in for Penn State. He was, I don't know if he's a first round pick, but he's close. He's he's probably not going to do much for his stock by playing another year. I mean, he's already a pretty well received NFL, you know, draft prospect. But mm-hmm. but still, I was just uh, I don't, I know not to paint a pessimistic light on this but it just feels like michigan's the program that's hurt the is going to be hurt most by <laughs> as far as like their their top flight players who are all going to be uh top flight experienced guys who are going to be gone because of this you know they're pretty much losing their what on our most important players were i mean let's say collins goes that was pretty much the top three right collins mayfield thomas <laughs> Wasn't it though? I mean, am I? Uh, yeah, pretty close. I, I don't know. Three out of the top four for sure. I'd have right. to imagine. Um, so, but yes, three um, out of the top four. Yep. So, I don't know. I almost talked myself out of saying it's increased just because if if Collins leaves, I don't see how they have a better shot after already losing Mayfield and Thomas, even with a. I feel like, especially on the offensive line, I think Mayfield is something they could potentially withstand more so than Thomas at corner. I think they're going to miss Thomas more than they'll miss Mayfield uh, just because of what's behind Mayfield, not because Thomas is a better player necessarily, but uh, but also, but then you lose Nico, uh, puts a lot of pressure on a lot of young guys. As talented as that receiving room is, it also is full of like first and second year players. Uh, puts a lot of pressure on them to, you know, succeed at a high level. All of a sudden, Cornelius Johnson becomes an incredibly important player for Michigan because he's really right. one of their only outside options now. So, I don't know. Maybe even, I guess, because I do think that the extra six weeks will help the quarterback spot, right? Whether that's Milton um, yeah. or not. But I think that'll help the quarterback spot. It will will help that offensive line gel. Uh, defensively, like I said, outside of Thomas, they should be pretty strong on all three levels. But, uh, you know. Good question. Kind of a hard one to answer, really, with all the moving parts. Right, right. I, Yeah, I think ultimately just it, it really does seem like that, especially that front seven for Michigan stayed pretty locked in and engaged. You know, there wasn't I – think, I think they have a sense that they can be special, even if Michigan fans don't necessarily even feel that way or, or reporters uh, like us. I think they – you know, just hearing how they dis- how they talk about things in in these interviews, um, I think there's a pretty high engagement level on the defense. I guess I said front seven, but it's not like Dax Hill and Brad Hawkins are not leaders and <laughs> key contributors either. So, 
Yeah, I think I think I go increase. It sounds like you're you're kind of in line with with a push, um, with with some questions that still need to be answered. But it, it, it but yeah, a lot of it does depend on who opts in and opts out for Ohio State. I know you mentioned Wyatt Davis. Got to think Sean Wade opts back in, right? I mean, given how hard he and his dad fought to to play a fall season. Uh, and he only opted out a day or two ago, so my my guess would be that he didn't sign with an agent. I so, oh, and, and, and Wade just just op, just reported to opt out, like right, like a day less ago, forty eight. It was like twenty four <laughs> thirty six hours ago. So um, that's that's where I say it's like you put this twist on. It. It's like you know some Michigan fans are like obviously everyone's excited. To play, you think, okay, well, two of Ohio State's probably top three or four players are out. That's good for Michigan. And then this news comes in, and you're probably going to see both these guys opt back in, whereas Michigan may be at a higher risk of losing another one of their top players, and their top two who already left aren't coming back for sure probably. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of one of Even when there's good news, uh, it almost comes at a price, I feel like, you know, for <laughs> Michigan fans. So, yeah. I didn't have a fifth question, actually. I, I wrote down those four, but then I just—I guess I figured a fifth one would emerge. Uh, any any other thoughts on the decision, or any questions you're, that still sit with you? No, nah, not particularly. I mean, it's really mostly about you know just the excitement of of the kids getting a chance, the coaches getting a chance, and the fans getting an opportunity to to watch their favorite team play on. But is the start day on a Friday? Did I read? Is the twenty third? So it's the weekend. Yeah, it's the twenty third and twenty fourth. I I think they'll have a couple Friday games. I don't okay. know why uh, or what. I don't. I'm not sure. But um, yeah. So a couple quick notes. Yeah, it'll be October twenty third, twenty fourth. The Big Ten. So I did a story talking about how Michigan's um, state laws were going to limit fans. The Big Ten has said there will not be fans in stands. Sure. Which is different than what I think the ACC has let schools decide. I think the Big 12 has let schools decide. Um, but, but that is something to keep an eye on that it'll, it'll be, I think every player is probably going to get a, a couple guests, you know, parents or family. So that's something to, to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other news, but you know what? It's still football. Uh, there's lots of, well, they'll have to do this. They'll have to do that. Uh, the Big Ten is footing the bill for the daily testing. I know there was, not on this podcast, but overall there has been some speculation about who might be footing the bill. So it's it's not the universities. It's not, now they might contribute, but it's not the universities. It's not um, any, no politicians or anything. It's It's going to be the Big Ten footing the bill for this testing. And then I know since people are asking, it sounds like other sports may have a return sometime soon. Uh, you know, they, I think the Big Ten said the winter sports announcements might come soon. I know the Big Ten, or not the Big Ten, the NCAA Division One Council is meeting to discuss basketball potentially returning November 21st soon. As for the other fall sports, since the NCAA pushed all the championships to the spring my guess would be that they just push them to the spring i'm not i'm not in these meetings but just thinking logically 
uh, would be kind of weird to have a Big Ten soccer season and then have bring everybody back for a NCAA tournament in the spring. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but um, a lot of, lot of stuff on Stay Tuned. I, I assume we'll hear a schedule in the coming days, so we'll have a podcast kind of looking at that, discussing that. But for Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. If you liked this episode, we also did a depth chart update after fall camp the other day. I know a lot of gotten some strong feedback on that one. Uh, if you like that or any of our other episodes, be sure to share it. Be sure to subscribe uh, to, to wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to throw us a rating as well. Love to, love to see the good ratings. Uh, and then also stay tuned because there's lots of recruiting episodes. There's basketball episodes. We, got, we, we cover all the bases here over at uh, the Michigan Insider and michigan.247sports.com. But we got to get back to writing. So I'm Zach Shaw. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors? But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com.